You're listening to the Quince podcast. India tasked a wider net with its vaccination program as it gave its emergency approval for the first covid vaccine for children in the country. Recently on 20th August, Zaidus Cadillas covid vaccine got a green signal from the DGCI as it was found to be safe for both adults and children aged between 12 to 18. This is said to be the world's first DNA based covid vaccine as well and unlike other vaccines, this one will be administered in three doses. For close to 18 months now schools have remained shut as children form a bulk of the unvaccinated and vulnerable population in the country but will Cyrus Catalas approval be able to pave the way for reopening schools is vaccinating children the only way forward to schools to reopen to discuss this pertinent topic and the new covid vaccine for this episode we spoke to epidemiologist and public health expert dr chandrakant laharia Get tuned in to the big story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Imad. Dr. Laharia, thank you so much for coming on the big story. It's always a pleasure having you as a guest on our show. I want to first start with these reports which state that children will be the most affected in the third wave of COVID. How much of this claim is a myth, and how much of this is true? are children really at more risk of being infected from covid-19 or even transmitting it so what we need to remember that though somewhere around mid may and early june some of the rumors and misinformation was doing the round that children would be disproportionately mm-hmm. affected in third wave or subsequent wave however now mm-hmm. it's very clear from all the global evidence and also from evidence uh, generated through various data sources in india that children are mm-hmm. not at additional risk of covid-19 infection or disease in subsequent waves in fact what we need to mm-hmm. remember that globally many countries have already experienced multiple waves uh, but uh, children have not mm-hmm. been disproportionately affected in any of the subsequent wave in fact the what we need to remember okay. that children have always been at the similar risk throughout the pandemic similar risk mm-hmm. as the adults are and the biggest proof came when the indian government indian council of medical research and government of india conducted fourth nation by zero survey what they found in the zero mm-hmm. survey that uh, the proportion of children which were having antibody was very similar to the proportion of adults who had antibodies which, which essentially means children mm-hmm. were in getting infection throughout the period but they did not develop severe disease and now mm-hmm. there is a scientific rationale Uh, we have uh, understood why children do not develop severe disease in spite of similar rate of infection the reason is mm. that uh, the virus SARS-CoV-2 when to infect an individual it need to reach nose and throat so children get virus in nose and yeah. throat as adult but to make person uh, sick uh, develop moderate to severe disease virus need to enter to the lungs and then uh, other organ what scientists have mm. found that uh, the particular receptor on this virus latches into a, a human beings be it adults or children but this receptor is underdeveloped in children called receptor name ACE2 and that's why mm-hmm. though children get infection at a similar rate they do not develop severe disease and that's why children are protected okay. now for the final part i want to mm-hmm. uh, say that the globally mm-hmm. uh, many 
universities and many experts are analyzing data and what they have found mm. that uh, the infection is similar in all age groups but uh, the moderate to severe disease follow a pattern something similar to j where j, bottom of the j is 10 year old child so the 10 year old child has the lowest mm. risk of developing moderate to severe disease in all the age groups and that risk increase okay. like a 9 year old will have a slightly higher 8 year old will slightly higher in this direction and then similarly for 11 year mm. old will have a higher risk 12 13 so as the age goes up the risk increases mm. so but having said that what we need to remember that children in 0 to 18 years have a lowest risk in comparison of adults and this is very really low like mm. the fact is that uh, uh, of all the deaths which have happened in many high income countries which have a good data what has been found that uh, mm-hmm. for every 1500 deaths in adult only one death in children have happened and usually due to covid and usually mm-hmm. the children who develop severe disease are the ones who have a pre existing disease condition or some other illness so children so ch- so children like uh, though it is true that uh, there were many rumors doing around that time but now all the experts have spoken it's very clear that children are not at additional mm-hmm. risk so uh, my i urge to uh, audience that uh, please don't go uh, don't fall for that uh, rumors uh, science is very clear children are not at additional risk children are really protected mm-hmm. from covid-19 now i want to move our focus to uh, the issue of reopening schools now various state governments have stated that children need to be vaccinated before re- uh, schools can be considered being reopened as such in your opinion should schools being reopened be held up till everyone is vaccinated is that a realistic ex- expectation not, uh, not at all rather what we need to remember that uh, globally experts have said that uh, vaccination of children is not a prerequisite or not a condition to open schools and now there are many proofs one is that uh, we know that children are at the really low risk of developing moderate to severe disease and death so children are at low risk now what vaccines do vaccines prevent from moderate to severe illness and disease so even if we vaccinate mm-hmm. children because vaccine prevent from moderate to severe disease and children do not have that moderate to severe disease so the benefit of vaccination is really not that high in children and that is the reason mm-hmm. that countries are really careful in starting vaccination of children for example there is no country in the world which has started vaccination of children younger than 12 years so and mm-hmm. even in nearly 170 countries the schools are open so schools are open and functioning without vaccination so the the point that vaccination should be completed before opening school is completely wrong and not required the school should be open because children are safe and then anything additional mm. like if science says in the time ahead that vaccination should be done it's mm. add on maybe uh, maybe one of the one of the benefit or one of the possibility for of vaccination of children could arise when there is a vaccine which is nasal vaccine and which can help in reducing transmission and probably that point of time vaccination of children might have some more advantage but currently vaccination of children younger than 12 years have no advantage that's why those are not vaccinated now coming to other age group of 12 to 17 years some countries mm-hmm. have started vaccination in this age group uh, as i said earlier that uh, though benefit is not that high but uh, the countries which have started vaccinating 12 to 17 years are the one which have already vaccinated 12 to 17 years 
uh, which have already vaccinated adult population with single dose and achieved a fairly high coverage. And now they are moving in this direction. And these are very handful countries. Uh, they cannot be taken an example. But also, we need to look at United Kingdom. Now, United Kingdom has more than sufficient vaccine supply within their country. They also have a licensed vaccine for 12 to 17 years. However, they are expert when analyze the data and they have recommended that uh, universal vaccination of all children in 12 to 17 years is not recommended. So UK has a sufficient mm -hmm. licensed vaccine and assured supply. And even then they are vaccinating only high risk children in that age group because high risk children, uh, children who are high risk such as pre-existing disease condition or just uh, recovered from some illness or are on treatment are the one who are at the higher mm -hmm. risk. So those could be vaccinated. And I think that's the right approach. And for them, we should prioritize vaccination. Yeah. But uh, if somebody says and that the vaccination is prerequisite, that is not the approach. And no government should fall for that trap. Uh, schools can be opened without vaccination. However, what we need to remember, it's a good idea that uh, school teachers and other staffs are vaccinated. 100% vaccination of all the staff is not necessary, but the staff which comes in contact with children should be vaccinated. They should start with one dose. Completion of both shots is not that necessary. It's ideal that both shots are given, but not necessary. Similarly, the people who comes in mm -hmm. contact, adults who are eligible for vaccination should get vaccinated. All of these are add-on. Mm -hmm. Without them, it is not that the yeah. schools cannot be open. Mm -hmm. Okay. I now want to... Uh speak about this recent news of the new vaccine which has come into India's kitty as such on the Zytus Cadillac and their jab, uh, Zycovid-D. Can you explain what this vaccine exactly is? Because it's been said that it's the world's first DNA-based vaccine. So can you explain how this is different than, let's say, Covaxin or Covishield that India knows of? So one of the key development in COVID-19 pandemic has been, and this is a positive development, mm -hmm that world over around 19 vaccines have been licensed or authorized. Mm -hmm. And this is really big feat uh, that uh, vaccine research could be accelerated. Yeah. Another key development has been that some of the vaccines have been developed on the vaccination platform or vaccine platform, which had never been used in the past to develop vaccines. For example, Covishield mm -hmm. or Oxford AstraZeneca is a viral vector vaccine. On yeah. this platform, before COVID-19, no other vaccine had been developed. Now we have... Uh, Sputnik is also on the same platform and there are many others. Mm -hmm. Similarly, in United States, uh, uh, Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech have been developed based upon mRNA-based platform. Yeah. So, number of new platforms have been exp explored. The Covaxin in India mm -hmm. is uh, based upon a platform which is called uh, inactivated vaccine and on that okay. platform, vaccines have always been there in the past. Mm -hmm. In that context, the latest Jacob D vaccine is based upon a DNA platform, yeah. DNA plasmid platform. Okay. Uh, this uh, DNA-based vaccine is very similar in the terms uh, with the mRNA-based vaccine, though the approach is very different. The DNA vaccine required one additional step, and they are a little more complex than mRNA-based vaccine. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the challenges in DNA vaccines remains that how to ensure to deliver the DNA material, which is vaccine material. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the human cells where this cell uh, this DNA material will be transcribed into RNA and then the material then uh, that RNA results into protein formulation within the cell inside the cell so okay. cell machinery formulated from the protein once that protein is formed inside the cell 
mm-hmm. it need to appear on the surface of the cell so the immune system of the body can recognize that there is a foreign protein on the cell which had been developed because the dna material was injected okay and once right. that protein is recognized mm-hmm. uh, the anti- uh, the body will start formulating antibody against that protein mm-hmm. and that's how individual will have antibodies so that when person develop natural infection person would have already developed antibody so exactly what the, mm-hmm. i narrated the story it appears very complex and it is very complex mm-hmm. but that's how this uh, that's why before this covid 19 vaccine no uh, other vac- no vaccine against any other pathogen were developed on this platform yeah so and how this had been developed this had been developed because the researcher was trying to identify what could be the mechanism through this dna material which will help in formulating protein inside the cell can be delivered into cells so they identified the plasmid mm-hmm. now plasmids are independent genetic material mm-hmm. which are found inside the bacteria mm-hmm. and usually like we have a genetic material of every cell but there are some separate genetic material uh, which have does not have their own uh, value but they can replicate independently they are yeah. very much like plasmids are very much like a flash drive or pen drive in a computer so okay. they, you have a computer which is uh, fully functioning and independent entity hmm. but if you have a flash drive it facilitates some mechanisms like it is not necessary for the functioning of the laptop or uh, any computer mm-hmm. but it adds facilitate our life and that's exactly plasmids are plasmids exist in the cells uh-huh. they don't have any uh, like uh, without them nothing would happen but if they exist they facilitate some mechanisms so that's what this vaccine does that okay. it uses plasmid as a carrier for that genetic material so mm-hmm. plasmid facilitate that it enters into inside the cell and the dna material will go inside the cell will follow the process mrn then a protein protein which will appear on surface and then antibody form it so this is a completely new platform yeah. now uh, one of the good thing about this vaccine is that uh, as we know in the vaccine research uh, whenever vac- research is happening mm-hmm. unless a, uh, unless uh, some vaccine developed on that uh, ethically we do research only on the adult population that's why all the prior vaccines were initially undergone clinical trial on 18 plus population mm-hmm. but with availability of some vaccines uh, this jacob d was given approval to conduct clinical trial for 12 to 17 years also so this had become india's first covid-19 vaccine having received approval for 12 to 79 years 17 years okay now um, there were also reports i read that this vaccine uh, zycov d is not an injectable uh, vaccine that it does not require a needle as such how does that work exactly if it is not a needle so we know the vaccine the vaccines need to be injected in human mm-hmm. body to develop a appropriate kind of uh, uh, response so uh, most of the or not most all mm-hmm. covid-19 vaccines licensed uh, till now except for zycov d are given intramuscularly so we know Uh, we in our yeah. skin have multiple layers uh, so ep- the topmost layer is epidermis then dermis mm. uh, and then uh, uh, then we have a muscle of, uh, muscles so the intramuscular means so vaccine need to go into muscle and uh, if we need yeah. to inject something in muscles we need to need use a injection on needle and that's what for other vaccine but this is a first jacob mm-hmm. is a first vaccine which will be uh, intradermal vaccine which essentially means between the two layers yeah. of skin far before the muscles uh, muscular part of the 
upper arm. So um, there are spe mm. specific type of uh, injector, jet injectors they are called, through which uh, a particular speed will be generated, and then it will that will be just enough to inject or penetrate the vaccine material inside the dermis of the skin, and that's what uh, that's the approach it will follow. Of course, in this kind okay. of approach, some less quantity of vaccine will be required, so it's, it will be vaccine. Mm -hmm. Uh, sparing uh, vaccines, uh, sparing quantity, sparing approach also. But this is something not being used for vaccines, but it has been used in the past in other approaches. So that should work, and that's the approach which was tested in clinical trials. So it should be workable. Mm -hmm. Now, my last question, sir, is that being the first vaccine approved for children in India, how safe is it? Like, how confident should parents feel in getting the kids the Zytus vaccine now? I think this is a very important question. Uh, so what happens uh, soon mm -hmm. after vaccine was licensed, uh, given emergency use license in India, there has been a lot of interest and demand from the parents and other stakeholders are really keen that now children will be vaccinated. And what we need to remember that uh, the vaccine licensing and the decision making on when to start vaccination are two independent processes. We should not combine those two. So licensing is dependent upon whether a particular product mm -hmm. has been tested in a subgroup of population. So this vaccine has been tested in 12 to 17 years, and that's why it has been licensed in the country and uh, tested uh, or undergone clinical trial and found safe and immunogenic. And that's why it has been approved for 12 to 17 years. However, merely having a safe and effective vaccine does not qualify that it should be administered. For example, there are many medical products available in the market. We simply don't go and uh, buy them because they are available. We, we need to have uh, them uh, whether we need them or not. So that's a key consideration. So this second part consideration, whether a particular age group need a particular product which is available, uh, will be taken care in India by COVID-19 vaccine expert group under National Technical Advisory Group on Immunization. Now, they would be looking at whether the benefits uh, the risk associated with vaccine and the prioritization. So in that context, as I uh, said earlier, that uh, the benefit of vaccinating children is not that high and that's why it should wait. Like many countries are, have vaccines, but they are not administering vaccines to all children who, have, who are eligible. So India should wait for that and simply availability should not be taken that we should administer. Mm -hmm. That's one part. Second part, what we need to remember that uh, this has been licensed right now, but uh, uh, and manufacturer has also said that they would have around one crore doses by October and maybe three to four crore doses by December. So the availability is likely to be in coming months and very limited availability. Like let's look at number of children in 12 to 17 years, which is around 15 crore. And this mm -hmm. vaccine requires three shots each. So essentially 45 crore shots will be required uh, yeah. for all population, uh, all 12 to 17 children. So that kind of availability is not going to happen. So people, people should have a real, realistic expectation that licensing does not mean uh, it should be administered. That's, that's the second point. So in my opinion, the right approach, as some countries are doing, maybe a technical expert group will review evidence and high-risk children can be prioritized for this vaccine. But then third and most important part, I believe, is this. And that is, uh, this vaccine is, as we know, is the first vaccine developed on the DNA mm. plasmid platform. Now, all other vaccines which are available in the market and recommended for children were initially approved for adults 
and once uh, there was sufficient data on the adult real world data on adults then only those were recommend uh, have been recommended for children 12 to 17 years now this has received simultaneous approval and completely new platform we know clinical trials are designed really well and 30000 is a decent number but vaccines do have a rare adverse events and which we get to know only when the real world vaccine administration starts and millions of vaccine doses mm-hmm. are administered so in my opinion it will be very prudent that initially with this vaccine the vac- uh, vaccination of adults is started once mm-hmm. uh, a few million doses are administered in the adult and some real world data on additional rare adverse event is collected then only it should be used for the children 12 to 17 years here i want to make a special plea to the parents and um, anybody who is really keen to get vaccine what mm-hmm. they need to remember that uh, children are already protected from moderate to severe disease we should not rush mm-hmm. into getting vaccination vaccination risk should should be prioritized as per the risk to the population and risk is far higher in the adults so anybody who is adult age group high risk should be prioritized should get vaccination we should allow our technical experts and scientists to review the evidence and then only uh, and we should follow their advice on this thing and final part is that uh, I, i want to say repeatedly that schools should be open but vaccination of children is not mandatory to open schools of course schools need to follow the vent- improved ventilation children need to adhere to a mask and other approaches but vaccination is not in that list and uh, across the world schools are open without children being vaccinated well sir that is the end of my questions but thank you so much for your time again for, to come on the big story podcast it's always great to talk to you and also to get your advice on everything covid-19 if you want to read more about covid-19 and vaccinations head over to the quint and the quintfit websites If you like listening to this episode please subscribe to the big story for episodic updates we're available on apple google podcast spotify geosavan and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms for other podcasts please log on to the quint website and for any feedback please shoot an email to podcast@thequint.com Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.